actually taking longer than I thought. So where did I leave off? Um, in Desire, you know, I, uh, by the time I left Desire, before, I mean, before I left Desire, my dad had to settle down, slow down. Um, Mama was working, you know, becoming, I wouldn't say more independent, but more independent than the fact that she didn't have to take care of the kids. She didn't have to watch the kids. And the last three, you know, uh, pretty much wasn't raised in the project. Now, I uh, went into service. 70, 75, so graduated 74, went in the military 75. Uh, by the time I got out of the military, my parents had moved. Actually, two years into the military, my parents had moved move out of the project into the lower night board. So that's where actually the younger ones was raised and finished rearing of the ones below me was over there. So they had a taste of being out of the project, you know, as as kids. Uh, I wouldn't say, you know, the ones closer to me. But, yeah, they did. They actually lived with my mother an extended period of time because the home she bought was, uh, fuck, had room for everybody, you know. And she welcomed that her children come back home and, uh, you know, help her pay for the home. Um, and that was the idea. But... You know, that, that's where they was raised. But when I came back to New Orleans, uh, it was, you know, my dad was over there. I went to visit. I mean, and, you know, my my family was there. And I didn't spend a lot of time there because, you know, it was a lot of people there. And my dad was kind of disgruntled with the whole situation because he particularly didn't want everyone there. He wanted to settle down and slow down and quiet down even more in his senior year. So he... You know, they had a portion of the house, you know, where uh, he got to enjoy. But uh, then, you know, eventually came around, and as they started leaving and enjoy the house more, like he would, but there was always someone in that house with him, as he would say. And uh, one thing is my uh, my daddy was strict as far as uh, – different things he one thing he always insisted was his house even though his sons or his son ain't gonna come to his house and make no fucking manly rules like what he should do or anything you know if you're living in my house you ain't got to complain just leave (laughs) you know and it, it, it it when we were kids, my dad, um, not kids, I guess we were, ever wasn't even in high, well, he was in high school. You're smelling this shit, that's what they say. Huh? My mom and dad arguing, and in the project, they was arguing all the time, and I just hated it. Uh, but they weren't the only ones who argued. People across the fucking street, the hours argue. The Carters over in the corner argue. And I'm sure it was, you know, something in fucking homes the way they were built, you could just stand in one room and talk. You could hear that out either side. And if you raised your voice, that was even worse. But they was all in, and, you know, my dad wasn't a fighter. He didn't hit my mom. My mom hit him. He ain't going to let that shit that stand. He might let the first one go. He might even let the fucking second one go, but don't do it three times. Uh, and he never did that shit in front of us. You know, I, I, he just wouldn't. That wasn't my fault. He just argued. He said, Roe, just stop the dumb shit. That was his big thing. What the fuck are you arguing for? I'm here. What the fuck am I doing? Da-da-da-da-da-da. It just seemed like my mom picks it. You know, it's always suspicious of him. Um. I mean, really suspicious, even when he was home. You know, the man couldn't go to fucking work without her thinking he didn't go to work and fuck something, you know. But anyway, he, uh, they were arguing one day, and every just fucking call is, uh, getting in the middle of the shit. 
And my daddy snatched his ass and threw him up against the wall and said, you ever raise your fucking hand to me again, I'll kill you. <laughs> Another lesson I learned by way of my brother. <laughs> Don't raise up to daddy. And that man, he was big and powerful. There wasn't nothing but a little skinny kid. Even though he was tall, you know, he ain't had no kind of weight. And my daddy grabbed him by the fucking shirt and threw his ass up against the wall. And Rosie started crying. But uh, I never thought about raising up against my daddy anyway, you know, because it wasn't like that. I just hate the fact that they argued. I didn't pick sides of anything. I just hate the fucking argument. I mean, I did. I fucking really did. And I know my brothers and sisters and them hated that. And one day when I was uh, in high school, me and my friends sitting on old porch, and they're there in their organs. And I don't know why they fussed the number. Mama just fussing and fussing. I've seen my mama just start arguing. I've seen her just do shit. She asked my daddy questions. She said, no, and she's going to insist he's lying. And it's like, it's one of them questions where, you know, you either going to have to take my, my answer or show me the proof. But it was always something like that. And uh, she had uh, one time ripped up his fucking clothes, you know, his work clothes. It said they work clothes where he went to work at the bar. So she ripped all the motherfuckers up, put bleach on them. And I was like, what? That was my mom. Uh, but there was arguing that day. And uh, I, was, I'm, I'm, I think I'm in 10th, 11th grade. And it's not that I started smelling myself, but I, I'm aware. I'm aware of life, aware of things, and I'm, I'm, you know, these are my parents. And I'm aware I'm sitting on a porch and, you know, a teenager, and my parents and they're arguing in the whole fucking world, hearing them what they're arguing at. And, you know, it's, this is not the first time, but, you know, this is the time when I'm most embarrassed by it. And, that embarrassment prompted me to go in that door and look at my parents and say, y'all need to shut this up. I say, I hear y'all outside. I say, and that's embarrassing. I say, y'all need to shut it up. And they stopped. Never argued in front of me again. Not for a long time, but I'm sure they did one side off. Went in the military, but uh, no, I uh, I wasn't doing anything but trying to stop them from fussing, fighting, because I've had heard it all my life, you know, and it was just, you know, I'm at a position now and I'm old enough to know this shit ain't right, so y'all need to stop that. And they did. <laughs> So, uh, but the thing is, when I uh, came back, you know, uh, my family, you know, we spread out a bit, but we came together uh, at my parents' house in the Lower Night War on Devilon. And uh, usually we would bounce in there on the weekend and have a little uh, crab thing, even though they I didn't eat crab. They would bring their little different things, and it was party there. And I would show up, you know, I was married, and uh, I would show up. You know, a lot of times, but I also had my own life, too, so I didn't uh, just uh, surrender all as they did. Most of them did, because a lot of them, you know, they were deep, deep into the family. wasn't thinking about anything but family and their little short extended family, as I was. But I didn't uh, bring my family too close, unless they knew my family already, uh, too close to my family. Especially, I mean, even my children. And this is the type of person my mother was. Uh, my mother is like this. Her children, she knows that's her grandbaby. God, because it came out of her daughter. Her son's grand, uh, uh, her son's children, she questioned each and every one of them. And only because... She's mean and nasty like that. And she let these women know. And I really didn't know the extent of my mother's uh, cruelty to these women and our wives 
I mean, each and every one of her son's wives, except for who that was. She liked, she had the particular children um, that she liked, and she showed it. Uh, now, me, like, like I say, I didn't pay much attention to that as a kid. I could see it now, and I saw it then, but I was pretty much on my own anyway. I, uh, in my own world, I, um, I didn't really worry about mama as a, in a sense of uh, pleasing her because I knew how to please her, do what I needed to do, listen to her. If she said this, I'd say, okay, don't make no argument with mom. With daddy, it wasn't no worry like that. Uh, so, but, and that's only because mama, mama was, mama was goddamn mean and selfish sometimes with her children. And she didn't look out for our interests as, I would think my father did, because uh, he wasn't looking out for his own interests or trying to get something in the future out of this, like God's soldiers. Because I think, you know, more than anything, that's what my mom was looking at. If something is somebody or some cause that would take care of her. And, you know, you try to simply because that's your mother and your parents. But... Um, you know, it, and it came easy when they were both alive, but when it was just my mother and then with Katrina being involved, uh, it, it felt like a chore. And I, I accepted that chore willingly because my dad said, uh, um, look at you after your mama when I'm gone. And he died just a couple of months before Katrina, so, you know, I shit, felt in my responsibility and not told take all ownership of it just to make sure she was taken care of. But then I ended up taking, having all ownership of it because my brothers and sisters and them actually took Katrina as an opportunity to step away from my mother. And when they did, it was more devastating to her than them. I mean, they went on with life. Yeah, they were you know, had that mama called mama, but they pretty much dropped her. And, you know, when she pulled that shit in my home with Rhonda, pulled some nasty shit and I confronted her about it and told her, you can't do that in my house. Just as I told my sisters, you know, they came to my house in Phoenix after Katrina. And I'm like, look, y'all can't come in my house with this fucking argument. And they was fussing every day. My mama, Karen, and a my mama, and, and they running off and leaving my mama. They, like, dumped her. But they had already done that before Katrina and Mama. They always needed Mama, but they never wanted to do. And, you know, if, if they needed something, they had to ask Mama. If they needed something, they had to ask Mama for it. So when they asked Mama for what they need, they end up owing Mama. And mama, make sure you're going to pay her back for one thing. And then I need a favor. <laughs> and that was my mom. So, but the thing is, she was left to do that because they really abandoned her. Now, after Katrina, I was a mess. Because uh, my daddy, fuck, I lost my dad too. You know, when he died, fuck. He died, I just devastated me and I didn't realize how devastated I was until I after we buried him I came on back to Phoenix and I I, I was trying to I stepped back I thought I stepped back into my regular routine uh, and that was you know we home you feel like eating yeah I'll cook and, you know or she'll cook but you know it was I felt like cooking you know uh, we're back home first day uh, after this long travel, let me cook something up right fast, and boom, we sit down and chill. And I got in the kitchen, and I couldn't, because uh, I kept a picture of my dad on my kitchen cabinet, you know what I mean? Big influence on my cooking. And I could not cut an onion. I couldn't cook, and I I could not cook for maybe a year or so. And that's when I knew I was, I was slipping hard, and I, uh, I started slipping bad then. Mentally, in the mental state of day Katrina happened, so I looked at Katrina as some kind of uh, uh, 
further devastation because I was actually planning on selling my home and leaving and going to New Orleans, you know, maybe build two homes. And here comes Katrina and Lillian and say, I'm not going on there. I'm like, okay, I don't blame you. Now, my mom hadn't left because, you know, she pulled some shit. And I just say, look, you cannot do that. Um, my sister and them left. Look, y'all can't be in this house with no argument. I say, my wife don't be fussing in here. You cannot come to this house and raise hell like that. For one, I got neighbors. I hear you. I heard you outside before I walked into the door. Don't do that in my home. People don't know me here. Not like that. So, Anna Karen was gone. Left Rhonda, my mama. My mama was doing something nasty to Rhonda, and I witnessed this shit, and I'm like, no. Hell no. You cannot do that kind of shit. And, you know, soon she was gone. And she went there, and she didn't lie. They told them some dumb shit. And they, you know, this evil-ass Maurice, because, see, they don't know me now. You know, nobody, <laughs> my family really don't know me, didn't know me, because I had left, and I was gone for a long time. I had been uh, traveling around to Alaska, everywhere else, and Phoenix had just been somewhere I had settled for a time and thought I was going to stay there. But my family figured they didn't know me, and they figured I had actually abandoned them with my parents. And I just didn't understand that shit. When I left to save my life, and actually before I left, I was thinking about leaving, and I was wondering how my dad was going to get along. And I told him, look, I don't, um, you know, Angela asked me to leave, and we're thinking about leaving, going to uh, take a ride to Alaska, see about work. And uh, he said, that's good. I said, but I don't know. I don't know about leaving. I'm, I'm kind of worried about you, you and mom. And he said, look, bro, he said, you better go. You better go. You better get out of here. Live your life. Don't worry about me. I've done my living. I'm going to live a little more. And I, with that advice, I left. And I went to, uh, we drove to Alaska. But, you know, and I was, that was in 93. And by uh, 2003, I had, <laughs> I think, in Phoenix, Arizona. I did, did Alaska, did a couple of other places, and settled in Phoenix for a little while, working in the restaurant business. Thought I was going to be there for a while, but. That ended up not me, so. But, uh, you know, my mom and my, my mom was down in New Orleans when my dad was up there. So I uh, had that opportunity to take some time with my dad. Over, so. so that was, had actually been my mom's second time because she had came down to get my dad and they flew back home together. Um. Now, you know, when I was there, I mean, when my mom came, my dad was relaxing. He was ready to see his wife. He missed the fuck out of her. But as soon as my mother got there, after about the third day, you know, I noticed how she was at my dad with different things, you know. And it was, like, irritating to my dad and actually embarrassing to me because uh, she was handling him like some kid instead of her husband. And, you know, I just didn't understand why. And, you know, she was acting more like a parent than a damn spouse. And I don't know where that shit came from. Uh, but we uh, took them on a tour, and then we ended up, you know, they went back to New Orleans. So that had been my mom's second time there. So she had left out, went down there, and they ended up in uh, Gonzales, Louisiana, where they dumped them. And, you know, she ended up calling me. You know, she read it because she was going to give up her home. I said, look, let me buy the home from you. I'll go ahead and buy it from you, and I'll fix it up my damn self. I don't need no government aid, and I wasn't trying to get up government aid. But, man, my mom just turned shit so backwards. I ended up going down there to build my mother's home, rebuilding it. My friend Dan, he uh, did construction work, him and his brother, and... You know, he had the whole crew that he hired at different times uh, of these people who did the other work, like the uh, electrician, the air conditioning person, 
And, you know, he set me up with them instead of being the middleman. You know, he it wasn't the middleman. You know, he did set these up and he showed me the price, told me the prices, what was a good price. And then he didn't let nobody take advantage of him. And we got my mother's home built um, for, uh, and he went out of his way. We had He had other jobs to do, too. And it was all a long process because you had to wait for the electrician because everybody had a lot of work to do. So after about a year and a half, they actually started working on it and it almost was complete. And it was actually done. Um, I think I did that shit for 55000 And um, that's with the appliances and all. Now, a couple of things when I learned about my mother, and I didn't stop caring about her then, but a couple of things I learned was that um, she was totally, totally a greedy woman. So now I see where my brothers and sisters who are greedy get that from, who like selfishly goes to pretty much no means and we'll hide shit. <laughs> Come to find out my mom had a couple of aliases. All variation of her name and I'm like, wow, you know, so what is her fucking name? I really never knew. Now <laughs> I uh went down there. I gave up my home because I was done. Mental state was fucked up. The next day, I shouldn't have went down. I should have got help for myself. But I didn't. I um, went down there and started building a home. Lived in a car. Ended up taking care of my niece and nephew, grand niece and nephew, great nephew, niece and nephew. Because their mama was on crack. And fuck, I walked into her apartment. That fucking door was knocked in. And they had candles out there with the mattress on the floor. And the children went home. The mama was gone. So I did what my daddy would do. My daddy would say, come here. And they lived in the car with me and Lillian in a van. With me and Lillian and um we had Kira at the time too. So we had four three kids actually the first time in the car. So now you came later. But the uh I was just doing what my dad was doing, would have done, taking make sure them children were safe and out of home ways. So we was in the walls sleeping in that cut. I uh, was getting them fed through uh, this church program on St. Claude Street. The people knew them. They would give them clothes and toys and shit. Uh, because me and Lillian bought them and we registered them at school. And we we tried to give them some stability as we got my mother's house built. And we was doing it. And I it, it occupied me. And I was totally doing this for my daddy. Well, no, I was doing it for these kids too. But I was doing it because my daddy. My daddy loved his kids. And I know if he was here, he would not have tolerated that. Now, while I was doing this, the rest of my family wasn't. Uh, Anna had a trailer out there in um, one of them places. And when she got a home fix, she ended up uh, using, let us use that every now and again. But then I ended up having to sneak out there because she wasn't a mean motherfucker. But my mama, she, uh, when it came time to pay Dan, she didn't. Now, Richard, Melba's son, had actually started on the place. And Rosie drove him in different things, I guess, and he said he couldn't do it. He didn't use about a few thousand dollars worth of fucking copper tubing in the walls, and he can't finish what he started. So Rosie needs somebody who could do it. Okay, let me see if I could talk to Dan, talk to Dan, Dan, say, look, I, da, 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 we set it up. And eventually they did start working on the place. Uh, and it came together. I did what I could. But, I, you know, once they started putting things in, I just could not leave the place there because people were stealing hard and heavy. Put something in there, they see you, they go in there, and if they could use it, they pull the fucking shit out. So I had to stay there, and we stood mostly on the thing. But when we got a room together, we got a room inside the place. Um, then uh, 
you know, go visit my mom on the weekend sometimes. Uh, get me to Sam to watch the place. This was really before they really stopped putting anything in it. Uh, let us see her great-grandchildren, then go ahead on back to New Orleans. Uh, you know, pay me my little hundred fucking dollars. I was getting a hundred dollars a week so I could pay for my storage. So I really wasn't getting it to use a card to pay for my storage. That's all this shit I had in the uh, storage there. Plus, I was getting a hundred dollars, so I um, used that hundred dollar disability for gas and little knickknacks. Mostly didn't go anywhere, and I depended on getting money from my mom simply, and I had to pretty much same time, see, lending my brothers and my found out money, my sister them money, and I'm like, wait a minute, mom, they're only coming at you because you got money now, <laughs> you know, they just abandoned your ass, and so, you know, she, she knew, but then she started telling them different things, and I didn't find out till later that she told them, because I used to wonder why no one's coming around this place and help me rebuild your home. You know, I see Everett every come over here and dump some fucking trash in a, a, a alley, a hustle eating man. Uh, I see Everett live right around the corner. And nobody. Anna lived back there. She could just come in and sit here. Nobody was helping me with this woman and with the house or with my niece and nephew. And if it was, it was only because they needed something. The instant was Anna. Anna one time needed to go to fucking hospital. And that was a fucking mess itself, but I can't talk about her now. It's not about this, it's about my mama. Uh, because Rosie didn't want to pay Dan because Richard said, okay, the thing was, we were waiting on the inspector. My mom was ready to rush to move in the house. I said, yeah, you can move in it, mom, but you won't have electricity. And we hooked up the electricity so she could have it, but at nighttime, you got to turn it off. In the daytime, you got to uh, be careful because people have ass around. And you don't want the people to come in until it's inspected. So, thing is, moving. Uh, she moved in, and then, you know, me and Lillian was in there, and then my little nephew, she moved my nephew rolling in there, and then she moved and wanted to act like she, like everything's cool, and everything was cool. She couldn't live there, but she had to wait for the inspection, and like I said, the shit was hot white. So, uh, she put a swing on the porch. I'm like, man, you know, that's going to call attention. These people are going to come around here inspect somebody else's place, and they're going to walk right up to your place. Lord knows that's what they did. One day I took, went around the corner to the store, came back, and somebody came there and said, whoa, y'all got this wired up. Y'all stealing electricity. And, you know, one of them hard-hit, fucking stupid-ass Negroes want to give us a hard time, write that shit up, and, you know, charge my more $1,000. Now, we were waiting on the fucking inspectors to come around and inspect the place to say it was okay. We had been waiting for two fucking months. But the guy said that he wasn't, okay, what they wanted was he found the inspector's office, got in contact with him about inspecting the place, but they want a bribe, and he wasn't paying no fucking bribe, and I don't blame him. He said, I'll wait, and he waited and waited, and it probably kept pushing him back to the back of the list, but, you know, the thing was, my mother didn't have to do what she did. She bought that boy, and they had his big old nice ride parked on the side, swing on the porch, and... At nighttime, they had the lights on. So, and then, you know, they came around, they turned off, ended up having to pay $1,000. Now, the guy, they got, they inspected it then. But they wouldn't inspect it until they paid $1,000 first. The guy paid the 1000 I can't remember his name. That guy was good. I swear, the dudes who put my mother house together was fucking great. The best. They were all black, too. And when you know where a lot of black people down there were black people. So I'm like, I don't trust no nigga to do my shit. And the white boys were stealing from them more than their black brothers. But anyway, she had, um, 
didn't want to pay the man. Uh, he he went and paid that thousand dollars. Got her lights turned on, her inspection and everything. All was cool, and she didn't want to pay that man his ten thousand dollars dad. I think he owed she owed him ten thousand dollars, or owed him about three thousand more, and didn't want to pay him. I'm like, fuck my, come on, pay that man. I had to do this. I had to pay for. That. I said, Mike, you did not pay for that. And she lied to me straight in my face, and she put my nephew in the middle of that shit. And today, to this day, I, I ain't got shit to say to him because he took on the job in the first place, didn't finish it, but then going to come right there now to tell me what happened. No, dude, you don't get to do that. You cannot tell me anything. I'm telling you, your grandma stealing, and I don't need you to tell me it's okay what she doing because, because this happened. If she would have done what I told her, that wouldn't have happened. So, case closed. And, um, oh, boy, he called himself giving me the fucking blues. But, you know, he, he turned out to be just a young, ignorant uh, uh, nigga. Because he, despite the fact that he got a good job, he got a good house and all this other stuff, he's stupid. He think he's smart, but he's stupid. He'd be right next door working on Miss Montgomery home. When his grandma needed work on her home, but he's ah, making that awesome. But no, he didn't. He was over there all the time, every day, trying to show his artistic flares off to Miss Montgomery. His planning repertoire. Oh, this plant, that plant. He was a bullshitter. And, and, you know, that's all. He, he's a stone bullshitter. And it was all about eventually getting money. But he was what did he take, what we would call a smooth one of the for the long run. But he was no different. Because his grandma sitting right next door, yeah, I know you got, may have problems with your grandma. But if the shit broke, fix it. If, if, and then I, well, she can't afford this. She can't afford what, a toilet? Go buy your grandma a fucking toilet. But they didn't do that. She understand. They needed something in return. But, that's what Rosie showed them. You don't do nothing for nothing. My daddy said you don't ask nobody for nothing. He never said you can't do it for people. As a matter of fact, he encouraged you. If, if you know somebody hurt and needs something, do it. And do it because you want to do it. That wasn't my mom. Do it because you're going to get paid or whatever. You go, Why? When are you going to get it back? Like, huh? <laughs> but uh, she didn't want to pay the man. Dan, so I ended up actually cutting Dan grass at a couple of his houses. Because after that, we had a falling out, too. And I ended up uh, leave, ended up leaving me and Lillian. And actually, just for the sake of my wife, I left. Because I could have stayed there. We was arguing. I was, oh, God. Shit just evolved into some nasty shit. Because I used to go fishing. As I lived there with my mother taking care of her, trying to do this, and I went fishing. And this was another time. This was the next time I went there actually to take care of her. Um, and I had a garden. I had the yard next across the street was trying to get it in my name. She never, she refused to put it in my name. She fucking refused to put it in my name. She holding something now. Uh, for some reason, my mom think I done her wrong. And I don't know what. I got a house bill. She in the $250,000. So was in a $250,000 home that hadn't reached no more than uh, $35,000 before. Um, I took care of her in Phoenix. I actually used to give my mom my allotment when I was actually working. $100 a month after my dad died. And that only lasts long. Um, but thing was, it was uh, always a thing about control with mom. And if you didn't do what she wanted you to do, it was, you was going to be nasty. She was going to be nasty to you. Now, daddy, daddy never asked you for anything. If daddy asked you for a couple of dollars, shit, sure. Uh, I'll get it back to you. Like, dude, don't worry about that. Same with my mom. But, Here's how my, I, I would never, ever do anything for my parents for money. On the other hand, 
my other brothers, Everett, Aaron, Billy, Graydon, Paul, they've charged my mother fuss yet. Now, second time I stayed there, and I'm getting to the end of this mama story. Second time I stayed there where I left El Paso to come take care of my mother because she had Robert, and Robert was in trouble. I'm ending up there taking care of my mother now. And she's just sitting there, no more moves. She got Robert waiting on her, you know. And I'm taking care of shit in the house. I'm putting money in the house. I'm paying my mom rent. I'm buying fucking groceries. My mom don't have to do nothing but get up and go to the kitchen and make your meal. Get up and exercise. And that's all I'm telling my mom to do because I want my mom to be strong. Despite all, I want you to actually still live. And... She, uh, she took it wrong and started battling me and started talking about me. And I heard her talking about me over the phone and shit. Um, and I couldn't understand why she did this. Now, I was already found out that when I was putting the house together, she told my brothers and sisters and them to stay away from there. Because of me, something about me and my attitude or this and that. And I told my brother, them y'all know me and y'all going to believe that shit. Y'all didn't come ask me about this, but that was just their reason to not get involved with the shit. Because they didn't want to be involved in the building, but they would be involved with the money spending. Uh, but anyway, Aaron one day uh, come there. I bought a stove. Well, she bought a stove from Anna. The stove shocked you. I eventually got rid of the stove, bought a new stove. She didn't like the stove because the stove was white. After a while, she's like, she wanted another stove. She tell Aaron, get her a stove. Aaron go, he works at Lowe's, he get her a stove on his discount. Maybe one of these damaged ones. I don't know. She paid full fucking price for it, though. Uh, and then he charged her to bring that home. And sit it there. I walked in and asked the fit. I'm like, what? What's this? I searched the stove. What a, where it come from? I said, Mama wanted it. I'm like, dude, I just spent my money on that stove right there, brand new. He said, well, this is what Mama wanted. I said, Aaron, why you do shit like that? Is that like what? I say, Aaron, you don't want to be involved in the fucking house at all. Except for when it comes time to make money. What you talking about? I say, you know what I'm talking about, Aaron. I say, why would you buy shit for this fucking house without even telling me? Why I got to tell you? I say, because I'm the fucking man in this house. I'm the man in this bitch. I take care of every fucking thing. Everything, Aaron. I said, I bought this stove. I said, what does mama get up and do around here, Aaron? So it was, became that. About the fight. Mm. End up uh, not leaving. See, my mom, Lillian was gone. I hadn't left, came back because I was in El Paso. So uh, I knew it was going to be time to leave. But I wasn't going to just pop out like I had before. I need to save some money. I um, went ahead on and I started using all these canned goods to cook for. I didn't buy no grocery. I didn't spend $300 on a grocery. I didn't even pay a rent, you know, because she really didn't need my money. She only took my money and spent it on shit I've already spent my money on. And paid my brother them to deliver it to her. And it, it, I just could not believe that she paid them. I've never, in that, there's many, many people who charge their parents for shit. And my brothers, that's one. But, uh, for a month there, I, uh, I was thinking evil thoughts. Because uh, one thing my mom told me, despite everything I'd done for her, she told me she wished I was never born. I 
wish it was never born, boy. And I just stood there shocked. And I could not believe. I couldn't. But then, that was my mother. That was the lady. That was the fucking lady I lived with all my life, and I seen it. And I refused to see it until she said those words. And when she said that, that fucking damn near killed me. <laughs> I swear, I swear, I went out in fucking country, Greenville, Greenwood, and uh, hanging with dumbass Robert, and I was sleeping. It was cold, and I was sleeping the fucking outside for a long time. I was sleeping outside until it was, I was kind of forced to go inside until it got really cold. And as a matter of fact, when I was sleeping outside, I had a fucking fan on. One of the big old fucking floor fans. And I, uh, I know I was trying to kill myself. But I wasn't trying to make it seem obvious, you know, freeze to that nigga, freeze to that fuck. I wasn't even going to get close to you. I wasn't even thinking we getting no freezing in our head cover and stuff. Something. But I was, uh, I was totally fucked up because I had nothing. I, um, again, I, it wasn't so much a nothing. My mama, the woman who I just invested years into, through that house, taking care of, taking care of three bills in her house, taking care of her great-grandchildren, her children. And uh, for her to tell me that was, it was some of the meanest shit. And I know that could never, ever have come out from my father's mouth. Uh, one thing I know what my dad did when he was teaching us, warning us, or warning me, he told me, don't never, he didn't tell me, don't tell people your business. But he started out with this. And this was after the military when Amanda, when, you know, Amanda had uh, put me out around the corner or somewhere or I guess living with her parents whatever she put me out oh, I take the clothes get my clothes to go took the clothes went by my mom went to work and stuff and uh, she came there looking for me looking for the got the clothes and her and my mom fighting and I'm like what and my pa told me look don't let your mom in your business and another thing he told me actually get Say, look, you welcome here, yeah. But I'm going to tell you one thing. A man no never move home with his parents. man find his own damn place. You see, you, next time somebody move, you let your wife move. That's what they normally do. Because she's going to go home now, parents. Her parents going to welcome her. Her mama going to welcome her. Like, we will welcome our girls. But you're a man. You go Either go find your own place or don't leave your place or take what you got to, but you don't come home. Women come home. Men don't come home. And they told me a lesson. He said, also, stop telling your mom your business. All of it. She don't need to know what's going on in your life between your wife, your children, or not. She don't need to know it. Don't tell nobody your business. I'm like, cool. So, uh, but... You know, it wasn't, it was my mom fighting to keep me there. So she could eventually use me, you know, because uh, I could throw up a dozen or more examples of now I see. Well, it wasn't now, but it was throughout, throughout uh, childhood. And again, I got to say, I was one of the lucky ones. I got to, uh, and I guess that's why I was blind. I got to uh, step away from it when I was, in sixth grade, and take a different view. I had a broader view of the project uh, for a kid my age because I was, you know, actually able to move around alone a lot and wasn't scared of anything. Uh, and by the time my family came out, I usually was settling on a porch, um, did my little, little sneak around the corner here, corner there, and never got in any trouble, didn't go far. Uh, always went inside of the house, you know, over my limits. So I actually learned from uh, my brother's sister's mistakes or 
there uh, correct uh, being disciplined. You know, I knew how to please my parents. So I guess you could say I was a, uh, a good bullshitter, but I wasn't because I uh, I did love my parents. I did try to honor them. And, you know, I, I took this Catholic shit serious. I took God serious, church serious, you know, because of my mom. I became actually afraid of things because of my, because of my mom. But then I learned so many things because of my dad. Um, I, I learned a broader, broader than New Orleans, you know, where he didn't drive in the city. When he took me and Everett out, uh, when he took us fishing, on a fishing trip, he didn't take us inside the city. He took the family inside the city. But me, myself, and Everett with him, he took us out into the uh, woods, into Jitterat, oh, on the highway, on the road, different places, you know, uh, not too far, but out of the confines of a city. So, uh, you know, he uh, he was a teacher, he was a true teacher, and he's actually, I, 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 I really, really don't know how my uh, other brothers and sisters turned out like that. But then, again, I didn't spend a lot of time uh, after I left there and went to the military around my parents in a sense that uh, I got to know them because I knew my dad already. You know, my, my mom, I knew her, or thought I knew her. And I, you know, when we were around, you know, she would sit there and talk to us and everything else, and everything was all fine. But, you know, what happened when we left? You know, I don't know. Uh, the kids say she was horrible, you know. And, you know, in a sense, she was. And, you know, but I thought it was because she was trying to keep us correct, keep us on the right track, as opposed to controlling us. And, uh I've got to give it to my dad because it, it, uh, you know, if it wasn't for him, you know, those old stereotypes about blacks would be more believable. But because of him, I don't believe none of that shit. I know this man. I know he tried his best. I know he did his best despite the world. That was given him, <laughs> you know, and he was one of them. He was black. He was black. One of my episodes got his picture. He made my mom picture. My mom dark then, but uh, <laughs> in that big son. But he was one of many. He wasn't an oddity. The oddity is the stereotype they throw up at, and those stereotype was only pretty much built. After they started taking fathers away, and they always did it. Hey, you, you ain't got no daddy? So what? What is in jail, dead, or what? And it was always a possibility, but I was lucky. <laughs> I was lucky. And uh, I loved my dad. And I actually uh, didn't tell my dad I would love him until I lived in Phoenix. Or maybe even before then. I think it was before. Uh, it was when I was in Alaska, on that trip to Alaska, and I said, bro, I love you, yeah. And it gave him pause, and he said, love you too. And I know he was straining to say it because it was something he hadn't been used to saying, and, you know, mama say that, love you, boy, but, you know, mama, mama just say that, like, hi. <laughs> when dad said it, you know, it was like, okay, I love you too. And, you know, he was actually able to say that. We was actually able to say that to each other. Anytime we ended conversations, you know, on the phone. And I actually talked to my dad once a week. Um, even when I was gone, no matter where, I, I talked to him at least once a week. Now, when I was in Alaska and working my ass off, it was uh, maybe once every two weeks or so. But um, it was, uh, and, and even up there, my mom tried to control me by giving Tiffany, my my daughter, one of my daughters, my second daughter, uh, my phone number up there to get in contact with me when I know I you know, didn't need that because of her mother. Uh, give that to Amanda. And, you know, you contacted me. Why would you give Amanda my phone number? And, but that was the type of person my mother was. Because if I 
knew my daughter because my daughter went there with that sad fucking story. And, you know, my mom knew the shit between me and my, me and Amanda. And my, my mom and Amanda used to be nice to each other because they lived right up the driveway. Miss LeBeau, you know, that's one of her daughters, Amanda. And, uh, but, uh, I don't know what happened. And I think I do know what happened because they, because they saw the control that my mom had. It wasn't so much the control she had. It was the control she tried to get and how she manipulated shit and how she treated them. Uh, and knowing that if they told her son that they, she treated them a certain way, why would she do that? She, treat, she don't treat you like that in front of me. Why would she? How can she do that? And it's become that type of situation. But then. I know now that was my mother. That was her. You know, because they don't have to lie. Uh, Joan just said, hey, man, I ain't worried about your mama. You won't come around there? Your sister them going to be there? Yeah, I'm coming. Your sister them not going to be there? No, I'm, I ain't coming. No, I'm going to deal with your mama. And I can understand that. And she told me straight, look, your mama's something wrong with her. Uh, Lillian, same with Lillian. You know, uh, but... You know, I didn't know the extent she was cool to them. I really fucking didn't. And when I found out, it was always too fucking late, you know. Uh, now, Angela, she didn't get a chance to be cool to Angela. Angela wasn't around her. You know what I mean? Angela got the fuck out of town. By the time it was uh, Lillian time, Angela was out the picture. And I was really not in contact with nobody because I was doing a lot of fucking running all around the country. Always calling home, you know, stopping home once or twice a year, making sure dad and mom and them all right, and brothers just to get together with them and then gone again. Uh, but my mom, my mother had motives uh, for having children. I'm sure she could have stopped having children anytime, but I'm sure my mother thought the more children she had, the better. I I'm not sure my mom expected us to turn out like Antonetta children, but we are like Antonetta children without the money. Uh, we're just as smart as Antonetta children. If we had the opportunity to go to college, go to do this and go to do that, or be led by you as Antonetta and Uncle Brownell led their children, maybe it would have happened, but my mom was being selfish and she didn't lead us to anything um, other than something that was just enough for us in this world and that encompassed taking, helping her, being close to her, uh, or always needing her in a sense. And I think that was it. And my dad on the other hand said, hey, dude, go ahead. I'll last her, get the hell out of here. Don't worry about me. And I did it. And it's because of him. Uh, and some of the people I met, and some of the, mostly the women I met, that I uh, was able to do uh, some of these things. So, But the thing is, my daddy was, unlike many, many others, but he was a man of his time. Uh, horrible time. It's one of them times in history they don't want to tell you about. You know, they don't want to being critical about the fact that during my daddy days, when I was in fucking junior high school, I could still read the paper and see one essay, whites only. I could see fucking anywhere you go where it said no blacks, no colors. I could still know where, you know, the, the days when the fucking police just looked at you, called you nigger, white boys could call you nigger. I mean, in, in certain places they could get away with it. And when you was, wasn't allowed in certain places, a lot of places, and this was when I was coming up. And you could go to these places, but your ass, Mardi Gras, you, and that was the thing. <laughs> My daddy said, you go to jail doing Mardi Gras, that's your ass. They're going to keep it till after Mardi Gras, but don't come home. <laughs> but that was him. And I, I, uh, I just had to get this out of my mind because I know my dad's going to live forever in somebody's mind. Uh, a lot of his grandchildren got to meet him. A lot of his great-grandchildren didn't. But I'm sure 
they got see pictures about him. But um you know, he was he was one of the nicest men, nicest black men of his time. And he was able to spread his kindness despite his time. And men like that you just I mean and and really uh, it's not the politician or these possible politician or these so-called leaders who uh, kept black families intact. It's these black men. Uh, no, I, you know, I know some of us slipped through the cracks, but you know, it, it's these men. Uh, and if it wasn't for him, God knows I wouldn't be alive. No, I'd probably be crazy. I would. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have came. I wouldn't be honest enough with myself to say that. You know, I love my mother less than my father. Uh, I be, wouldn't be able to say I adored, I worshipped my father. And, you know, I tried, just tried to take care of my mother. It's an obligation because he asked me. And I regret it. Really, really read it, and I'm sure had I known, had he known, he wouldn't have been mad at me for saying I regret it, and he wouldn't have been mad at me for <laughs> not going to a funeral. Because uh, I had here they had a pretty good singing there anyway, uh, putting on fronts like. But, you know, it was them who actually, because I left my mom. When I left my mom, I'm, I got to tell you this part here before I end. I actually left my mom after she told me that shit. And I, uh, you know, I had always been telling her, you need to walk otherwise you're going to die. Now, my mother, Anna, had died. We went to a funeral. By that time, I knew I needed help with my mom. And I, you know, was telling them. And this was before the uh, dry uh, stove shit. No, this was a garden shit that happened. Where the neighbors across the street fucking poison my goddamn garden. I'm raising vegetables. And she say, it's all right, ma. They ain't do nothing. And no, ma, you cannot keep doing this shit to me. You know, uh, letting people step on me. I had elephant ears in the backyard growing. I mean, these elephant ears were fucking huge. Going over the fence. The neighbor just cut them down. And I asked the neighbor... And, you leave that lady alone. Wait a minute, Ma. This woman fucking over you all the time. This is your property. She cannot fucking just reach over. If it's on her property, yes, she can. It's because I knew the laws, you know, whatever. If it's. But anyway, that was the kind of shit I was dealing with. And she called my brother Creighton in. And I got uh, this dumb, stupid, fucking AIDS-written motherfucker. Ain't do nothing for my mom. And he's one of them braggadocious motherfuckers who don't have fuck. Got AIDS, spreading AIDS around in the fucking city. And, uh, thing is, he, uh, I don't even know if the boy used condom, but the thing is, he's, uh, he's fucked up in the head. He braggadocious, got this shit and think he's a hot city. Hurt himself on the fucking river, think he's a man because he hurt himself on the river, but he's a stupid motherfucker. He wasn't safe. He was jumping uh, containers and everything, like trying to be this he-man uh, in front of these other dudes, project dudes, showing I'm I'm bad. I'm I'm from the project too. My daddy didn't when it had nothing really to do with work. And then they got up to a position of leading, but he's, he's not a leader. He's uh, more or less a... Uh, became a sucker and used his position to fucking fuck women, which I think is pretty fucked up. That's how he got what he got, but he, uh, went there and bought somebody to cut my fucking yard, and my mom told him, and now see, my mom don't mind bringing a fight between the boys because she ain't us take responsibility for that fight. I left. 
he couldn't get his hand on my money that I bought down there. I mean, I just came from Alaska working, came with a pocket full of money. I said, I'm going to help you build a house, but I'm not going to give you no fucking money just go say you need to spend something. I must spend my money on this house. I'm going to control it. And then we're going to build this house together. But that, he didn't see it like that. He thought he was going to hustle me. And uh, I left. I left, and uh, I don't I don't know where I went then. Um, I think I might have moved to New Orleans, and that's when I left and stayed there until Katrina. I mean, not Katrina, until uh, Corona. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I uh, I know they got this saying, mama's babies, daddy babies. But even if I was daddy babies, I know I was his baby. And I know I was his son. And I know, I know this man loved me. So all I got to do is say thanks, Dad. And I do appreciate it. But the thing is, you know, I've got to add this is, uh, no one would believe my mother was the type of person she was. Uh, and she hit it well. Most people thought my mom was disrespectable, and she was, up to a certain extent, respectful church-going woman. And she was the church, and what the church expected of people, to raise their children a certain way. Um, and, I mean, you know, the church just wasn't about love, it was about God. Uh, I guess that's the difference. But anyway... Never understood. 